Hey there, my name is Mark McCartney and welcome to the What is a Good Life podcast. Over the last two years, I've interviewed over 150 people around this question, not to provide you with the universal answer, but to help you find and define your own answer to this question. Well, I'm also trying to share with you what I perceive to be more genuine expressions of the human experience. On the 21st episode of the What is a Good Life podcast, I'm joined by Katrin van Oudhoesten, who is the author of Selfless Leadership, a writer, a coach, and a guide. Her work focuses on helping you see through the illusion of the separate self. In this episode, Catherine takes us on an investigation and exploration of the paradigm of the separate self. She references neuroscience, physics, and the traditions of Buddhism, Advaita, Vedanta, etc., which have been saying for centuries that there is no separate self. Catherine shares her own path in coming to this realization and how this awareness leads to a life of freedom where everything has meaning, and where one doesn't take things so personally or feel so small and disconnected. Look, I found this conversation to be absolutely captivating, challenging, and enlivening. And regardless of the beliefs that you hold, I believe this episode will be a valuable tool in your own investigation of both reality and what is a good life for you. If you enjoy this conversation and this podcast, please like, share, leave reviews, and subscribe, as I'd greatly appreciate your support at this stage of my podcasting journey. So without further ado, the 21st episode of the What is a Good Life podcast. Catherine, thank you so much for joining me today on the What is a Good Life podcast. I have discovered your work in the last week and I've been pretty captivated by it. So I was very much looking forward to having this conversation with you this morning. Captivated is super. (laughs) So um, (laughs) thank you for having me. Wonderful. Well, Catherine, as I, kick, as I tend to kick these conversations off, it's with the question of, is there a question that you're trying to answer as you move through life? Well, yes, and it changes all the time. So right now I'd say the question is, how can more people come into contact with the message that I'm all about, which is that our true nature is free, free from the limitations of being a separate self? And I guess we'll go into that, what that means. And it's something everybody should have access to because it's our true nature. It's about who we essentially are as human beings or what we are as human beings. And the question now is how to spread this message in a way that more people can hear it. Can you just, as you kind of said, we'll get more into it. Can you elaborate on that sense of the the separate self? Yes, so we grow up in a paradigm believing from the age of about 18 months that we are separate selves. So there's a person here within this body, an entity that is um, the subject to my life. And this is what was given the name, Catherine, it's me. And I start believing as a very, very small child that it is my duty and responsibility to live my life. So I do this thing called life. It's personal. I think, I do, I choose, I act. And that's an illusion. It's actually not true. The really, really interesting thing is that this has scientific support, cognitive cognitive science, neuroscience, and modern physics as well, recent discoveries. And it has a long, long, long tradition in, in Eastern thought, Buddhism, Advaita Vedanta, Um, forms of Zen Buddhism and and other traditions that have been saying for centuries, there is no separate self. And that's just the illusion that we're born into this world with, but we can actually see through that. We can see that it is an illusion, right? Like the mirage in the desert, once you see it's a mirage, 
you think, oh, there's water out there, right? And if I run towards it, I will get a cool drink in the desert. So you're constantly running towards this water because you think there's a mirage, there's water there. But you can wake up to the fact that it is a mirage. There is no actual water there. And that frees you from running towards it all the time. It's a great metaphor. Yeah, it's beautiful. Almost like the idea of us perpetually chasing mirages. Um, yes. The the idea then, uh, Catherine, to someone who's listening to this and let's say they're maybe uninitiated in some of this inquiry, you've just said there that you're, it's an illusion, right? This idea that Mark is, is going through life and Mark is living life and Mark is in control of his life and, and Mark is making all these very succinct decisions and logical decisions. How would you kind of guide someone into even just realizing that it's uh, there's somewhat of a mirage at play here? It's a longer process. And just to, before we start that, it's really important to say we're not denying reality, right? There is obviously yeah, yeah. something that looks like a body and, and you have experiences. There are experiences. So there are sensations, there are feelings, there are thoughts. So it's not, not denying any of that. But the, the added idea that this is being experienced by a separate person called Mark, that is the illusion. So what is experiencing this? And that's actually, these are two sides that I would start someone off with. If there's no separate self experiencing life, what is it that experiences life? So one way to become aware of that is to ask yourself really the question, right now in this moment, what is it that is experiencing? And to go there in your experience, right? So what is hearing my voice right now? And not to answer that with thinking, but to move there, to, to experience the experiencer. What is hearing my voice right now? And almost everyone comes into contact with this sense of awareness. It's just an aliveness. It's that which woke up this morning, right? And started experiencing the world. Now we assume, because we've been taught that, that that is a separate person, the experiencer. Well, that's me, <laughs> this limited person. And then we can start the questioning, well, can I find any limits, for example, to this awareness, to what is experiencing life? If I close my eyes and just fall into that, into the experience of, of hearing the voice, of, of sitting on a chair, everything I'm experiencing, can I find any limits to that awareness? And, and in this type of format, various questions, am I the body, right? What is the body? Where does it begin? Where does it end? We can start to explore and come to the the experience, the lived experience, that there actually is no separation, no separate person experiencing life. That's a construct, a mental construct. And various things can help. So the science side of this helps, okay? When we find out or we realize that before the age of 18 months, a baby has no sense of self, that's an indicator. Oh, wow, we actually have to teach a baby that it's separate, that it's an entity that it is Mark or John or whoever. It has to learn that. Well, that's some, that's some pretty good evidence that maybe this is a construct. And then things like modern, um, the, the cognitive science that's coming out at the moment, that we don't actually 
experience or that there are not actually separate physical objects out there. So if I hold a pen in my hand, let me do that because otherwise it's kind of weird. <laughs> I'll, I'll I can demonstrate <laughs> on your behalf. <laughs> so this pen in my hand, we've learned to believe that this is a separate physical object out there and I am somewhere in here experiencing it. And what modern cognitive science says is, well, no, this is, this is actually, I see this as a pen because the senses I evolved to have, sight, for example, interprets this, which is just vibrations of consciousness, interprets it as a pen. So I see an icon kind of on my own interface that looks like a pen. And you do too, because you evolved the same interface. So we both discuss this pen as though it were a, an object out there and we're experiencing it. And that is duality, something we, we evolutionate. Well, if, you, if, if we follow um, the theory of evolution, then that is something that our senses evolved to perceive. And we all talk about it as, as though it were reality. But it's actually the way we as human beings experience reality. And now there are theories that say um, reality, including us, everything is just mind. It's just it's only consciousness. And everything is a vibration, a, a pattern of vibrations, which I see as another human being, for example, or even as my body. This is, uh, you know, with that exercise when you're just saying, where are you, where are you hearing this? Um, I find in my, in my own experience of life that I can fall into this deep, I almost view it as like an overall pool. Like I can drop into this pool where everything just feels expansive, vast and infinite and, and like a collective. And then I, I'm back into Mark, you know, what question will I ask now? You, you, do you know what I mean? Like, or like it's this, how do you, how do you kind of experience that in terms of what with all that you're exploring and that you're teaching do you do you find yourself having that duality of experience and and is it a is it a continuous reminder or, or how would you kind of categorize your experience of of this this is always really difficult to explain so from my point of view the way we experience reality will always be dual Right, we will. All, we're we're born into this body with these senses. I'm always going to experience you as a separate person and this pen as a separate object. I'm not going to undo my senses or the way I am in in this life. So the experience is the same, but you can at the same time know, like you know, Santa Claus doesn't exist, or you know, there is no tooth fairy. <laughs> <laughs> assuming you know this <laughs> or that Harry Potter doesn't exist. Oh, no, no, you've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Forget the Harry Potter part. Obviously he exists. <laughs> you can know that there is no real separate self, even though you experience life that way. And it is the knowing of that, that changes the quality of your experience. Because if you believe, right, that I am this, I am this separate person who needs to grow, develop, do my life, improve, get things right, get along well with other, other people, then 
that is what creates all the stress and the anxiety and the worry, what the Buddhists call suffering, psychological suffering. Knowing that there is no separate person, even though it looks like that, even though the whole world acts as though there were, that is the freedom. So it's the same experience, but expansive and without these limitations of, oh, poor little me, how am I going to survive? What am I going to do? Who am I? Am I good enough? Um, so this is, um, so la last year I tried to live my life under the experiment or assumption that there is absolutely no free will, right? Uh, strange thing to do for a couple of months, but this is, this is where my curiosity uh, lies sometimes. And I was really intrigued to see just like, and you know what, there, this wasn't a, a perfect experiment and it wasn't like I was always in this, holding this belief or this assumption, but there's so, like, I'm, I'm really intrigued by the idea of me falling back into my natural self. Like I have this idea of life, either whether it's through our belief systems, our, you know, top five tips to be more, you know, effective or whatever it is. And we add all these things on. And what we really need to do is like almost like a collective exhale and just a releasing of a grip rather than clenching onto life or trying to control things. But there's something still where I'm, I, you know, even within this and, you know, if I explore where did that thought come from? That's a question I love to ask my mind sometimes in meditation if it's busy. And my mind's like, oh, okay, <laughs> quieten down for a moment and we'll hit him with something else in a few minutes and we'll distract him again. Um, or even my emotions, like I don't wake up, even if I'm doing lots of healthy processes, I can wake up feeling a bit shit sometimes. Um, or, you know, I can wake up feeling amazing, even if I haven't done all my perfect processes. So I don't feel, I don't, it doesn't feel to me like I'm in control of my emotions as such, although my, my thoughts and my actions previous to that may, may affect them. There's something really, it's, it's almost then like that we, there's almost like this deep trust that we can fall into, though, if we relinquish things. It's like this really counterintuitive sense of it. If I completely try to let go of the idea that I'm actually in control, there's this, you almost fall into the space that you were kind of guiding me into around where do you actually hear this? So, the, but it seems, it seems so bloody scary because the thing we want to do, and even still now, I still want to win. Do you, do you know what I mean? I still want to write a great book. I want this to be a successful podcast. Do you, do you get me? So it, it's, it's an, but then as you say, it's like almost holding that and being okay with that's what you're observing, but there's a deeper, there's a deeper reality at play. Yes. So I think you just answered half my podcast. Or <laughs> 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 this is usually what I really have to guide people through because they're not there yet. So you've seen things with your experiment. It's, it's actually the first insight in the book I wrote, Selfless Leadership, that there is no doer. We are being lived. And you're right. If you look, for example, one of the exercises is find the decider, right? Where, if you look in, in great detail, minute detail at your life, where do decisions come from or choices? And those specific thoughts are important because they um, assume the sense of free will and choice and volition. Well, they just appear out of nowhere. And then immediately the brain comes up with a story that explains why you chose that or that it's congruent or not. If it's not, it's because you slept badly or whatever the, the explanation yeah. is. 
So, so you're already down that road, which is great. And the thing that then hangs us up is that free will or the sense of I choose, I do life is the separate self. The core of, of being me is the idea that I can do something. So it's the last stronghold of ego that, well, there must be something, okay, you know, I can fall into life and let everything flow and that's all great, you know, and things will happen and case sera, sera <laughs> whatever my version is, you know, totally at peace, but, <laughs> but, you know, not this, there's this tiny area, I don't know, my health, or for me for a long time, it was, yeah, it was eating healthily, for example, or fitness, no, that I need to control. And you yeah. don't really admit it to yourself, but there's this core, core sense of, well, but there is a me. There's something that I do. I'm, I'm here, right? The, you can't negate yourself. So that's actually the last hang up and, and something that people get stuck in, a self trying to convince itself that it doesn't exist or it has no agency or no choice. You can get stuck there for a long time. And that's also just what happens. But it's actually then seeing in direct experience, no, look, there is only this. All there is, is reality without the separate self. You cannot find a separate self or any mu, <laughs> micro bit of agency, volition. This is my turf and I control it. But you have to do the investigation and see that. So now maybe you can guide me to this because this is where I, this is one thing I struggle with. Um, uh, there's a Stanford neuroendocrinologist called Robert Sapolsky, uh, who I started watching his lectures and he's adamant that there isn't a, a shred of free will. And, and of course, I find that almost like an assault on my senses when I first discovered a few years ago. And it's, it's, it's softened since. But I, what, what are we talking about then sometimes when, if I hear even him talk with Sam Harris or something like this, but then they're very much in, so what we can learn from this or what we can do from this. And at this point, I'm kind of like, but is this not just, is my only role in life simply to observe um, and just I'm part of this? I get to view, I get to view the, because whatever my position or perspective is in life, I get to observe the inner workings of this, this thing that I am. Um, and I get to view life from this perspective, this carrier of my consciousness. Like, how, where does the the kind of doing, or even the suggestion that that we invest it? You know, you're saying, okay, well, this is this is how I guide people into it. Is where does the choice come in any of this? Then, if you get me, or the, the kind of direction? There is no choice. So this happens or it doesn't. Right. And that's why uh, coaching this or guiding this—it's actually all you know bullshit. It doesn't work that way. A more accurate way of saying that is that consciousness, which is all there is, there is no personal consciousness. So this is consciousness speaking and consciousness speaking. It's, yeah. it's a conversation within consciousness from different localizations, you could say, of the same thing. It's not a thing, <laughs> but of the same consciousness. And the problem with language, so as soon as we use words like consciousness, we thingify it. And we make it into something that we, the um, illusory subject, can tries to grasp with the mind. So the only solution to this is what is beyond the mind. So when you ask these questions, right, I try to be 
I try to understand or being conscious, there's always an I in that sentence. Otherwise, we can't even speak. So our whole language, every, all, all of thought, all of language is from the assumption of the separate self. So what we're talking about, haha, paradox, is something that's not, you can't talk about it because as soon as you put it into words, you've separated it into an object and a subject. And that's the theoretical explanation from something that you can experience it, you, it can be experienced because we are it. So it's so paradoxical. We try to figure it out in language, try to talk about it. And all of that makes it more complicated than it is. Because it's super, super simple. It's literally that which is. That which is experiencing this is not subdivided into little boxes of people and animals and plants and whatever else we think is conscious. It changes over time. But there's just this one, another metaphor, ocean, multidimensional pulsating ocean of consciousness. And another great analogy to understand this, which cannot be understood by the mind, is that there are localizations of consciousness. So Bernardo Kastrup uses the term um, whirlpool, that in this multidimensional ocean vibrating consciousness, individual whirlpools form that turn in on themselves. So it's consciousness turned in on itself that feels like it's separate from the rest. But this feeling of separation is only a feeling, a sense. If you have whirlpools in a stream, they're not actually separate from the water. So I, I always find it so funny then for me to carry on talking after someone's just said that. <laughs> Whenever yes. I have conversations like this, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be the idiot and pick up the baton and carry on the conversation now. But um, but the the thing that I, I I'm I'm so curious then about if all this is like one body of consciousness, which from an experience, from just various experience I've had in life, that feels intuitive to me. Um, also, even intellectually, like you know, I know you can't fully capture, it, but like I'm like, okay, that feels that feels that aligns with my experience of life. So then, does it matter what any of us are doing anyway? Like, do you get me? Like, in if it is just all one giant body, and that is the reality what's the not the motivation but like are like is is it supposed to be any other way other than most people not even being let's say aware of and i don't mean that in a judgy way but like if people aren't considering that this is a, a like a, a like a deeper reality a deeper connection like is it supposed to be any other way or are we just literally these fragments or these fragments within, let's say, a mosaic, right? So there's a, when I say fragments, I don't mean completely separate, but there does, as you say, these whirlpools or there's some distinction. Like, wh like why then engage in this or why be aware of this? Do, do you get kind of where my, I'm stumbling for a question here, but I hope I've given you enough to respond. Yes, and it's a typical question, but the question is again from the separate self. So something that believes it's separate in this reality needs to have a purpose. But mm. you just, you intuited it already because at the beginning you said, well, or is there just this? And that is completely outside of human purpose, motivation, moral, morality, ethics. It just is. 
and it's doing itself and it's unfolding and even unfolding is too much action <laughs> and obviously it's 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 happening and and is vibrating and it's i don't know anything about i'm not a metaphysicist i can't give you some you know the meaning of life um but those types of questions don't really come up anymore because look at this you know <laughs> it's 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 just it's beyond words it's beyond description and then often people fall into into poetry or in in i guess that's where the whole concept of of god and 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 higher power and all of that it's for 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 the the tiny refraction or or whirlpool that believed it was separate within this yeah things need to make sense there needs to be a purpose because otherwise i'm small and separate and um I have no meaning. But if there is only everything, everything has meaning. The whole thing is the meaning. That's a very poor way of expressing it. But no, no, it's no, all no, I can I, come I, up with. <laughs> no, that that um, that felt satisfying to me. Um, so then, in terms of like this is this is what I'm. I'm so intrigued by like so I always think of the idea of this sometimes of when I walk my dog right and I'm halfway home and my mind's like going okay you're halfway home no that means there's another 15 minutes I'm going you know and it's plotting out the route and maybe even thinking what I'm doing when I go home but none of that really contributes to my the thing that's happening like I will walk with the, the or sorry this this movement will happen right and it's not predicated on the the thinking of my mind and so i guess then from from my perspective it's so interesting because i'm in a process myself of just trusting this um and it also like but really like letting this shape my how i even approach work and and things like this and so this is i'm trying like i i'm just I'm just let I'm trying to release or let go of control a bit, but I, I think I'm doing it a bit clumsily too. You, you know what I mean? Like uh, maybe a little impractically at times, or maybe not. We, the we, we only shall thing see. that's in there in what you just said is the I am doing. Yeah. So that has to go, to put it in a very. Um, yeah, you have to do something which you can't do, but it's it's the there's still the idea that there is a separate mark doing something. So for example, letting go, living life this way. No, they're just, it just is all of it simultaneously. That sounds beautiful. And with, with this, then just your own journey, I'm really intrigued by because I don't know about like I don't know your your full journey. I, I get a sense from uh, your posts that perhaps you tried to approach this from a certain uh, perspective, like a spiritual, uh, you know, a, maybe a guided sense of uh, this is how it all goes. This is how one becomes enlightened. This is what one has to do. Could you give us a sense just how you've come to this perspective or this position or however way you describe it? Yeah, it started more in in self-help kind of personal life things. So I'm not good enough. I need to improve. And this improvement 
went into the into the self-help thing with um I need to work on my inner child. I need to figure out what I'm so traumatized by, why I'm why I feel so depressed and all this stuff. So went into psychology, but also Buddhism, um meditation, lots of different reading, following courses, following people, teachers. And then by accident, or just as things happen, I stumbled upon this what's called the direct path which is direct pointing to there is no separate self. Our true nature is just boom, all of this. And you can see this, you can know this because you are it. So you don't have to go into a monastery and meditate for 30 years. You don't have to work on your inner child and you don't have to find pink unicorns. It's just obvious, but we miss it because we've been taught something different for years and years and years. Everybody pretends there's a separate self and we're not consciousness. And you've been you've been believing this all your life. So we miss the obvious, what's right under our nose, also called the open secret. It's here. Everybody experiences life that way because we are this oneness and we're all misidentified with an illusion. Real real perceptions, it feels that way, it looks that way, but it's not what it seems. And by discovering that over over time, which is not really how it happened, you know, you, you see this, it sees itself. And then it just doesn't make sense to go back to, oh, I'm this separate person with a development goal and I need to do things to myself when there is no doer, when there is no no entity. So things just fall away. And for me, that meant that um, in my personal life, things fell away problems fell away and then it slowly and this is talking you know now from looking back that's how it seems it moved into into work or into what I do which is talk about this and write about this but for a long time I still had very very strong beliefs about no work that's serious <laughs> work you you I mean everybody believes and is a separate self so what am I going to do and you know sit there saying that's wrong or that's not the case um I'll be outcast, <laughs> right? That doesn't work. And But I found myself doing it anyway. And now I just, I do this on podcasts, which I, if you had told me this seven years ago, I would have said, you're nuts. No, I will never speak about this. What uh, what what emerged or, or what occurred that there was a, a comfort to, to speak about this? I always end up putting this in the negative because it's it's more like I stopped I stopped doing the other stuff and I stopped not speaking about it because it's what's true yeah. for me. That's uh, so you you got it like you stopped like almost like standing in the the way of the river, like you you stopped obstructing something. Right? Yes, it it was the I, the belief stopped going into these beliefs that that is not what one does. And when when you're when you're um experiencing life like this like what are the what are the kind of clear like do you fall like do you still find yourself kind of um exp like the way i'm thinking about it in my hand is uh, head is almost like expanding and contracting almost so the expanse is the immersion with this idea or with the experience that there is no separate self 
And then I'm almost viewing it like in my experience, like it almost contracts then when I when I deeply identify with the separate self again. Do you do you like what are, what's the difference in the quality of your experience as you move through life, having having um, dropped this this illusion? So I didn't drop the illusion. I was dropped, <laughs> which okay. is a stupid way of speaking, but it's important because that's where the misunderstanding comes from, that there is a person going into and out of this experience. That's not how it is. It's There is only this experience. And it's not an experience. There's only, it's knowing. The experience is, is like you're an actor in a play playing a separate person. You cannot exit the play. Okay, sort of like the movie of your life is, is running. You don't write the script. The script is being written for all of us, all of it is being done, you believe you're the separate character in the movie. What you, you realize that not only are you not this actor, you're the whole thing. You're the movie, you're the movie screen, you're the theater, you're everything. You're all the other actors. All of it is one. So from the point of view of the apparent character, the actor, it feels like, oh, sometimes there's an experience of expansion. Sometimes there's an experience of contraction. That's not what this is about. Sometimes you have an experience of pain. Sometimes you have experience of pleasure as the actor. That's just experience. We, we make the mistake of saying these expanded experiences, that's awareness or that's consciousness or that's, that's what we're trying to achieve. No, that's just like sometimes you feel good, sometimes you feel bad. It's irrelevant. The whole spiritual stuff is about these experiences of the actor. What, what I'm talking about is all of it. <laughs> what the whole thing is and appears within, that is it. So the experience of going into and out of something is not even relevant to this discussion. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. it's it's almost impossible to explain, but but that's and this is not no, a no, problem. I, I... That's just how it happens. So it's okay. That's you know, we have little refractions of consciousness experiencing their lives as going into expansion and constriction of consciousness, of their personal consciousness. That's great. You know, that's just that's just how life is. But that's not understanding that there is no separate self and that all there is is consciousness. Just trying to sit with that for a moment. And as I mentioned, like I find this, uh, these conversations, particularly in the role of interviewer, uh, <laughs> sometimes I just want to kind of sit with this for, sit with this for a moment and just kind of let it run through or like for it to run through me a little bit. The, the sense then of it's, it's almost like it's an, it sounds to me then like an immersion in reality, like without, like without, as I said, without like moving beyond then this idea of even what I was saying there of expanding and contracting, it's, 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 it's just, it's beyond this single point or uh, perception of it's the realization 
the realization that there is only everything and that the feeling and the sense of a local contraction is nothing more than a feeling or a sense of a local contraction. Okay, so without me asking a question <laughs> that is like just going to be like that, that's, you know, I, I'm just intrigued then from you how, coming to this, uh, this realization, you know, uh, and if, excuse me if I'm being clumsy with language. No, in terms and forget of the language, just, right? You never get that yeah, right. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, you have this realization you've gone through this process of okay look i'm trying to be better i'm trying to heal my inner child um i'm trying to experience these deeper senses of consciousness from the perspective of i almost in a, in a spiritual path can you give me an insight into what your experiences of life have been almost like pre and post if that's not too uh, reductive if you get me yeah, and again, that's something that I can only really explain in the negative because it's exactly the same, only it's no longer so personal. So it's so, for example, this the job or what I do work. Let's call it that. This is not my work. This is not something I do. I don't write books. I don't write on LinkedIn. I don't do interviews. It's just. There's, there's a very obvious sense of that is simply what occurs. I have a fight with someone. I have a disagreement. This is not my disagreement. This is not my action. You know, oh, I'm so stupid. Why am I having this fight with someone? Why, why is there conflict? I shouldn't have conflict because I'm some kind of spiritually advanced person. No, it's just conflict. And even that is too much, giving it too much name. <laughs> no, it's not a conflict. It is an exchange of words. Where do these words come from? I don't know. Where does the action come from? That's just what's occurring. And then the immediate reaction of the separate self is, oh no, this goes beyond, you know, now we're outside of morals and ethics. Everything will go to shit. <laughs> the whole world is going to, you know, go downhill because we've now there's no personal responsibility and there's no morality and no ethics. But that is part of the action. I, I've noticed that I act ethically and somebody else doesn't. That has nothing to do with me or with them. That's just the expression. You could say consciousness expresses as a moral person or expresses as Putin. So it takes the, the personal out of it. The, it takes the self and all the suffering and the worry and the, I need to do this, I need to improve. It takes that out. But the experience is the same. So if you now insult me and you say you're the most ridiculous podcast guest I've ever had, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> or something that I would really, you know, in, in, pre, in my previous life would have really hit me. Like, you think you speak English, but you can't. <laughs> Something the self takes, takes really personally. Well, now I would just, you know, even if there's a movement of, of reaction to that, to, oh, okay, it doesn't, it's, it's not, it doesn't mean anything in that sense. It's, it's, just an exp it's just a vibration. So there's so much more freedom, so much more relaxation, so much more ease 
and everything, you know, even if it hurts, even there's a splinter in the foot. Okay. That's what it is. It's not, it's not a, it's not, oh no, what did I do wrong? How do I solve this? So then I, I'm really intrigued by then the idea of, I know you're saying even unfolding seems too, too strong a word. Like then there's this, there's this beautiful kind of sense of just, I don't know, like experiencing things as they are, or like a sense of aliveness in being engaged with what is. And, and I think in that experience, sometimes it, like I'm always really interested sometimes in my life, if there's stress, there's an experience of stress, that that isn't, that isn't me. That isn't all of me. That isn't, you know, it's not that in that sense that there can be simul like it's, it almost feels to me at times there can be, if the awareness is just there of the experience of what is multiple things can appear simultaneously. So because so many things are, are, are there at the same time, it's not personal then. Yes. It's like this experience is happening. Ah, there's stress, there's joy, there's curiosity. You know, there's a whole bunch of things happening all at once. And so it's very hard to take this so personally, like that this is my life. There's just, there's way too much to, there's way too much going on for it to be so personal. Yes, yes, that's a great insight because that's exactly how it is. I mean, you lose in in that sense. You know, the the expression is you lose yourself, but you gain everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So just as this conversation, I mean, look at everything. There's, there's, look at what comes out. <laughs> you know, the, it, it's it's crazy. How can we possibly be doing that? Oh man, it's <laughs> no, but it, it's 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 a wild world. Like you, you know what I mean. Like it, 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 I, I sometimes I really I like I I really think we lose so much in our labeling of things that like you know person person tree uh, you know even as you were saying pen like because now like leaves like sometimes when i look out the window and i see through the different seasons i'm like wow that tree has no leaves now it has leaves <laughs> now they're brown now they're green you know sometimes like this or like where i'm just like wow that's amazing but if just if we just say tree well no that's what a tree does there's nothing to see here like i i think there's something about this where like from from what i'm get uh, gay, like what i'm sensing even just from well, my own experience but also what you're saying like there's this kind of, it's almost like we've taken the wonder out of existence just by our, either our own beliefs or our own judgments or our own labels of things. Yes. Um, and at the same time, that is also how we, how it is expressed. So we, yeah. we express as categorizing, languaging, labeling, judging machines. Okay. But knowing that, see, because immediately there's the tendency well oh that ha that has to stop <laughs> yeah you know let's stop doing that because we need to be in wonder and awe and like little children and in ecstasy all the time well that would be boring too right so the the self immediately judges even the judging is judged yeah so i completely agree with you and life is much better when it's impersonal in that sense when it's just and there is much more awe and and wonder and joy. I would call it 
yeah, it's more like, oh, everything is cool, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> even yeah. if it hurts. Um, but, but the judging and the categorizing and the languaging and all the stuff we do as humans is also part of what is, and it's not good or bad. It just is. So there's no need to get rid of this or transcend it or improve it. It's, it's just a simple seeing that that's not what we are. We're everything. There is only everything. And that is the, the ultimate answer. <laughs> and I'm not sure if it's like there's a resistance in my body or something. So I, I, I'm not sure if this question, these, some of these questions are coming from a place of curiosity or even resistance, right? So bear, bear, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bear, bear, bear with me here. But, but even then, the sense of I didn't. But there's still, I still kind of get the sense then, though, that there is a choice to see then. Like, you know, the way you're, whatever way it is, like it almost, I almost feel, and, and it's, it's possibly just my own lack of comprehension of it, but the, there's like, are you, are you then kind of suggesting that there's a choice to like, even at the, it's very fundamental that there's a, an ability to be aware or a, a, even on some tiny level, a slight choice to be aware or because I, I sometimes mm. kind of get confused and sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but just the, I sometimes get confused even around the topic of free will, that there seems to be something that I can do about it. Like if everything's fine as it is, you know, as in, you know, okay, well, look, Mark, sometimes we do put these labels on it, but you're, I'm kind of judging the experience of people not falling into awe, right? Yeah. So it, it, it seems like that, that there is, I always get some hint of a suggestion of intention or choice in in some of these uh in some of these things that i hear and not not from you i'm talking about in the my wider investigation even into ideas around free will can you have i given enough there for that <laughs> for that to be understandable as a, as a question of some sort everything you just said is within this paradigm of there being separate selves that can do things so as you hear yourself speak or ask these questions what is aware of that Right? There's something experiencing your life right now. This experience right now is being experienced. That is, That recognizes itself as all there is. And then the mind, so thought comes up with a question. This question is something we've read or heard or, you know, it's, it's old. It's something that comes up in the mind. The only way to recognize this is to see that we are that in which all these questions and the mind appears. And that's what I mean that we can't really talk about it because it's a recognition of what is beyond the talking. I think that's where my resist like that's where there's almost like a resistance in that the mind doesn't want to be made redundant or yes, yes which is a super insight because that's yeah. the the only props only thing standing between us and knowing this that was all nonsense what I just said but it's a way of speaking is the mind is 
thought, because that is the self, right? And, and the ultimate self, the sense of being a separate self that thinks and does things and knows things. So we try to get this with the mind. It's automatic. You can't stop it. And that's why, that's why I talk about this and, and, and speak with people and correspond with them, because you often need somebody to, to box the mind out of the ring. <laughs> You know, the mind comes up, well, what about this? What about this? <laughs> so it's just kind of, it, it's, it's endless until there's the realization that everything that is, I can put into language or thought is irrelevant to this question. Because that's like saying, I'm going to discover, I'm going to discover the sky, okay, the expanse of the sky. But to do that, I'm going to analyze every single cloud. Good luck. But what about this? You know, here's oh, here's a cloud about free will. Well, ooh, what about that? You know, let's dive into that. And that's then we're stuck for five years in in the free will cloud. And all we have to do is just recognize ourselves as the, as the sky. And even that is too much doing because we don't do that. The sky recognizes itself as all there is, including the clouds. This is, uh, as as I said, this is a this is a really interesting one for me to be discussing on a podcast because I'm, <laughs> you're, it, it's it's it's, I I think there's something I find stunningly beautiful about this uh, about what you're sharing and, and then as I say, trying to formulate questions on on the back of it or you know, words will still flow. Um, but in in other circumstances, I'd just like to to sit for fifteen minutes of what you've just said. Yes, and that's the, that's the normal situation. So when when I have conversations like this, more and more silence starts coming up because this is a, a constructed situation where we're actually having a conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I know yeah. what you mean because it's it's it usually takes longer, and and there's much more direct experiencing of this. Um, which creates these breaks and and these pauses. So it's it's kind of a, it's it's interesting because usually in why I the way I wanted to set up these podcasts was that they were very genuine uh, conversations and genuine uh, experiences, and I almost feel like I'm betraying my own <laughs> curiosity by talking. If you get me, so I'm I'm in I'm in a I'm experiencing something different uh, at this point. But the the sense then of okay, so. What like you're you're you know you don't write books books are writing you then essentially like you know when you're talking about these uh, what how time is being spent in your life at this point um is that like if if I were to clumsily ask you to <laughs> to contain all of this into into some kind of reflection on on action or experience when you like when you then uh like do you feel an impulse to like when you write is it just purely when there's an impulse like is does life become much more of an in an instinctual thing like is it less planned how how would you categorize that well it it it's again a, you become obvious no you become a, it becomes obvious that the that the planning is senseless 
Hmm. So it's not that you stop planning or, or that you stop doing things. It's just that thinking about this. So I can, I can now have a conversation with you about the next couple of chapters I'm going to write in my book and what the plan will be and what they're supposed to look like. And at the same time, I know beyond shadow of a doubt that has nothing to do with what is actually happening. So it's, it's always this knowing, and this is already happening. You already act that way. We are already being lived. We just pretend that that's not the case. And we believe that pretending. So that's why it's always, you know, nothing really changes because it's already going on like that. It's really like the mirage in the desert. The mirage looks like project planning or book planning or whatever. Ooh, you know, I don't know, Gantt chart, whatever it is that we create. And then things happen exactly the way they happen. And the, 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 everybody knows really on, on an instinctual level that the Gantt chart has nothing to do with reality. And then we spend all of work life trying to explain <laughs> why it sometimes matches the chart and sometimes doesn't. And we have um, people who are specialized in this and, and, and have university degrees in this. So it, it becomes very funny in a way. What's your, what's your experience of, of working with, um, do you do some work with, uh, do you bring this into the business world as well? Like I, I know you just based on your, your last book around leadership, like how do you, how have you seen people both absorb or resist this in, in your experience of that? Yes. Yeah, so I've never been in favor of trying to convince anyone because that won't work. <laughs> Yeah. But for me, this uh, the selfless leadership or leading from an understanding of no self, no separate self, was was a, I guess, an um, a bridge from the work I was doing, which was organizational development consulting and leadership development, to whatever it is I'm doing now. So it made sense for me to first create a version of this. Oh, look, this you can we can carry this into leadership because we are humans at work. And leaders are humans most of the time. So it makes sense that you can do this, that you can be this at work as well. And I guess that was the the project I had with it and um, a coaching uh, program that fit that and many people who went through that and did in fact gain lots of freedom and joy and clarity in their work as leaders based on these insights. At the same time, it doesn't make sense for me anymore to put that in a program or here are the four steps or this is the framework because yes, for some people it might match. And also apparently for me, the interest keeps evolving. So, I mean, in a very, it sounds extremely maybe arrogant, but it's just like, okay, I've written the book, you know, read the book. And if you have questions, come. I'm glad to answer them. But who am I to to guide you through through this understanding? Um, that's one side, and my interest is now moving towards just you know people like you, anyone with interest in oh, there's something about this, but my mind is in the way, and many of those questions are around well, what about science? You know, what about all these different things we've learned? 
and now finding out that as as we started the podcast with that cognitive science and lots of other um insights recently actually support this which is fantastic because it helps the modern mind get over itself it's like oh well if science even says this well then i'll consider it <laughs> yeah i think um you know um some of the work of of uh, David Bohm, or even I, I interviewed a, a quantum physicist uh, recently um, in an unpublished uh, interview, um, where I just think for me, quantum physics is a is a great way into like there's something beyond my I don't know there's something beyond my mental models or the way I'm interpreting reality that doesn't seem to fit. Um, yeah, and and it has like I I, I almost get like. Reading and for uh, reading about quantum physics for for lay people like myself uh, is super interesting. Like it's it's an experience. Like it's it's an assault almost on my mind or my sense of reality, yes. which 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 I really enjoy. Look, Catherine, just over the course of the the time we've been speaking here, and this is thank you so much for your time here. By the way, this was. This was this is almost not what I hoped it would be, or if you know what I mean. But like I, I knew this would be like something where I'd, I had a sense that this would be something where I'd be left with a lot to contemplate afterwards, and and so I I really thank you for that. As I I generally do a recap at this point of what's been discussed, and I, <laughs> I'm, okay. not, I'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure how useful or or um, how how much utility that would have. But I do always finish with the question of what is a good life for you? And just even within the context of everything that's been discussed and, and just however however you feel, uh, whatever you feel is an appropriate response to that, even if it's pass, <laughs> um, um, I just like your thoughts on that now. Yeah, life becomes what it's supposed to be, which is free and joyful and ease pure ease you know it's 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 simple and easy and joyful as soon as we understand that we're not limited to being a separate self there is no separate self that's that's it and what we are is i find it impossible to put it into words i can't describe it so i always stop there <laughs> i stop with what we're not and then you can find out what we are i i love this and look i I would Im implore, not even you do what you want, I guess, people, um, but to listen to this and to almost, for me, what I'll be doing after when I'm listening back to this is almost to see where I'm, to see where I'm caught, to see where I'm trapped, to see what I'm attached to in terms of, I have a very clear feeling when you're speaking here that what you're, I know that it's, it's an inexact science putting words to this feeling, but there's something that you're pointing to even that that makes me feel that there's a there's so much for me to explore within this uh, so look i'm i'm really grateful for your time catherine this is a really really fascinating experience for me um and uh yeah i look forward to to seeing whatever is created in, in your next book as well thank you
Thanks for watching the latest from the What is a Good Life podcast. My name is Mark McCartney. I'm the host of this podcast and I'm also a coach based in Berlin. Over the last two years, I've interviewed over 150 people around this question and I've distilled these findings, anecdotes and experiences into both corporate workshops and one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. If you're a corporate looking to book a workshop for your next event or you're a working professional in need of finding answers to some of the bigger questions in life, please direct message me below for a free 30-minute consultation.